All right. Welcome to the Lightbulb Factory uh, podcast, your FBC Waco. If you'll notice, I am not Ryan Russell. I am Clay Dominey hosting the podcast this week. And with me today is Carson McCarver. Carson, would you mind telling us a little about yourself? Hi, my name is Carson. I'm a junior at FBC Waco, a college leader, and I'm a mechanical engineering student from Dexter Canada. I think that's about it for now. All right. We'll get to get to know you a little more later as we go on with the podcast. Um, so before we get started into the meat of the discussion today, I do have a question that I want to ask you. And I've been dying to ask this for several weeks on the podcast, but no one's been comfortable enough or brave enough to give an answer. And it's this. If you, or what is one song or band that you really love, but you are ashamed to let anybody else know? And I'm, I'm happy to go first. Um, I've been wanting to get this off my chest for a while now. I love the song It's Rain and Men by the Wait, Weather Girls. No. Yes, I'm dead serious. It oh, is. No. Uh, it's a it's a terrible song. It is super awkward to like and listen to. The music video is even more uncomfortable than the song. But I'll tell you what, I absolutely love it. And every time it rains, I sing along. I'm not going to comment on the music video because I've never watched it. And I'm probably not going to. <laughs> However, as much as I want to judge it, I feel like when I think about the song, I'm just clapping in my head going, It's raining, rain man. Hallelujah. I just I feel like I can actually understand. It's so really catchy. I I hate to agree with this, but I think I think I do. Right? I'll admit it. Yeah. And, and I'll I'll continue with being brave enough to answer this question. Thanks to uh Zana who who came up with it. But uh I think I'll pick the band. Some of you might know it, some of you might not. If you know it, you'll instantly judge me. If you don't, it's not really worth looking into. Uh, it's called 100 Gex. It's <laughs> sorry. It's a terrible, terrible hyper pop album. It's a crazy, weird mashup of sounds that is not really musical. But every time I hear it, it makes me laugh so hard. If I need my day to be improved, I can listen to that, and I can guarantee you, I will start laughing just because of how awful it is. And even worse, I really like Hi-Fi Audio, and for whatever reason, that album is one of the highest quality albums I have. So all of the weird screechy noises and pops and squeaks and whatever in the world they put into that music sounds really clean. So it's a good test for my equipment, as, as t- terrible as it sounds. Okay, I don't know this band. Is it kind of like Ice J.J. Fish? Where it, I know, have no idea who that is. You don't know who Ice J.J. Fish is? I feel like that's a weird sentence, not going to lie. It, it is. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I think it's, it's delving into that realm of music where like it's really bad, but the people who make it don't know it's really bad. Oh, it's definitely that. They are confidently horrid musicians. Wow. They, it's, it's quite, it's spectacular, really. I've never seen anyone produce such terrible music that, like, they are just confident in. I feel like I see similar things in certain areas of rap among, like, small artists, but they blew up with the album they put out recently, which is ironically called uh, 1000 Gex. <laughs> um, they, it just, it intrigues me because they... I have no idea who they are. They have nothing that came out before them. They clearly know how to produce music because making those sounds is not always easy and they're using a software that can be difficult in really high quality. But somehow they have no idea how music works at the same time. And it, I don't know what they did to get there, but I'm just glad it exists because it's funny. 
That kind of reminds me of like, did you ever watch like Sci-Fi Channel original movies? Oh no, that sounds horrid. Oh, they're absolutely awful. Like just terrible. I'm I talking, feel like I've seen ads for these all the time and I would just go, oh no, this, oh, looks, this looks bad. They are the best movies ever because the people who made them have no idea how awful they are. Oh, like, no. I, like everyone knows Sharknado, but that was like, here's the thing about the Sharknado movies. The producers knew they were bad and leaned into it. Yes. Before that, Sci-Fi Channel movies, they really tried so hard to make them good and they had no idea that they were just awful. Like I'm talking movies like Piranaconda, um, <laughs> Trailer Park Shark, Swamp Shark, um, Ice Sharks, Three-Headed Shark Attack. They have a lot to do with sharks. Oh my gosh. Um, this reminds me, I don't remember the name of it, but I was I was informed of a movie about like some sort of scientist doing human modifications to give people like walrus tusks. Yeah, that's the movie. It's Tusk. I think Daniel Radcliffe is in it. Yeah. The point, well, it's mm, many thoughts about this, but they're all bad. Hopefully in a funny way, but I don't think I would find them funny. Yeah. But leaning away from the topic of absolutely terrible movies, I do recommend Piranaconda to anyone who's interested. (laughs) only because there are several scenes where they forgot to digitally add in the Piranaconda, and so they're running away from nothing. It's hilarious. <laughs> I have another recommendation in the same vein. Uh, there's a movie called Velocipaster. No! <laughs> it's about a, uh, a pastor whose parents are killed by some ninjas and happens to get Velociraptor powers and doesn't know he kills people in his sleep or something and then turns into a Velociraptor to fight the ninjas that killed his parents. And well, let's just say it was the most glorious costume I've ever seen. And it's well worth watching. Well it, worth. It is. If you want to spend, cause I think it's only like what an hour and 15 minutes. It was pretty short. Yeah. Good. Was, good thing too. Any longer. And I don't think I could have taught. Oh yeah. It. I mean, definitely. If it was longer, I think, well, let's just say that they were already stretched on the budget they had. And yeah. if they had made it longer, I don't know what they would have done with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well worth well worth looking into though. Yeah. Changing the subject from terrible movies and terrible songs. This week on the podcast, we are talking about Sabbath as a practice both in our personal lives and as a community. And uh, before we talk about like how to Sabbath, what that looks like, um, I think it might be helpful to just kind of get in this the broad idea of what is Sabbath. Mm. That's a loaded question, right? I think if you try to look through the Bible, it has, I think, a lot of cultural context, and I'm not sure how much I can speak to the cultural context at all. But you know, I think f- from growing up, most people, if they went to church there from childhood would know it as just saying, okay, we don't work on this day. And most people would have an idea of like the weekend or specifically Sunday being the no work day. But then it gets difficult because I think a lot of families might relate to seeing like the weekend or specifically Sunday as a time to do household chores and random things that need to get done. And and people doing what in my view is quite a lot of work, but it's not necessarily their work that they use for survival. Um, so I think it's, it can be difficult sometimes, but in my view, Sabbath is a day that you dedicate to trying to enrich yourself 
and give yourself a break from the standard pattern of like day-to-day life. Um, hopefully directed at seeing God more fully and, and resting your body and soul. But what that looks like varies so much. Yeah, it's, um, there are as many ways to do Sabbath and practice Sabbath as there are people in the world. Um, and, you know, when we talk about like the word Sabbath, we may think, go back and think about like the Ten Commandments, God commanding the people of Israel to observe the Sabbath and keep it holy. And I find it interesting that, um, um, whenever the prophets spoke to the people of Israel, like whenever Israel had strayed and God spoke through the prophets to like tell them to get back on track, it was usually like a few things like um, stop oppressing the poor. Okay, it's a pretty big deal. You definitely shouldn't do that. And uh, things like, you know, don't accept bribes, also a big deal. And then there was a, almost always like a third thing he mentioned. Um, it was always like observe the Sabbath which is always like, mm-hmm. we, we don't take very seriously, but it was a big deal um, to God and to the Israelites. Like God would tell the Israelites, don't worship other gods, don't oppress the poor and accept bribes and turn your blind out of justice, and also reserve this one day of week to not work. Yeah, it seems, I think nowadays, to be a completely different order of magnitude of sin. Like mm-hmm. you, you would think, okay, I'm doing this thing that's actively against God or actively against my community, oh no, that's also what working on this one day is like somehow. It's weird. Yeah, Sabbath is um, is a big deal and it, it matters to God. And, you know, we don't want to get into like the, oh crap, I've done homework on Sunday. I've sinned grievously against God. It's, <laughs> it's, not, it's not meant to be like that um, because I think Jesus gives us another picture of Sabbath in the New Testament mm-hmm. um, because, you know, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law did get legalistic about Sabbath like they saw Jesus' disciples um, picking wheat one day on a Sabbath, and they're like, Jesus, your disciples are working on the Sabbath. And he just kind of, you know, rolls his eyes and say, don't you understand? The Sabbath is given for man, not man for the Sabbath. And it's the Sabbath is intended to be a good gift to Mm -hmm. to God's people. I mean, they even went so far as to fault him for doing the work of healing on the Sabbath. So it just kind of goes to show that it can be a difficult thing to define sometimes if we, if we view it as abstain from any work period, you know, where, where do you put that line? Is it, you know, things that you do when you are available to, to just do something like, are you allowed to do work around your house if you want to, or are you supposed to not do anything? Are you supposed to not breathe? <laughs> Obviously we'd, we'd throw that one out, but like that, it's not that clear cut sometimes. Yeah. And I think one way to look at Sabbath is it is um, kind of a part of like the order of the cosmos. Like it's, uh, I think it's interesting that the Bible is described as like the world being created in seven days. And that's, that's the way the week goes. And even nowadays, the work week is a, is a seven day work week. Um, Try to get away from that Christianity. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think actually like the French during the French revolution said, you know, this seven day work week, it's bad for industry. We're going to make it a 10 day work week with no days off. And <laughs> everybody hated their lives as soon as that happened. Sorry to the French, but that's what happens. Yeah. I mean, and so it's uh, like, I think whenever God created the universe, he created it with this rhythm, like six days you work and work diligently. Um, and there's good things that come from work. I think work can be honoring to God. And then the sixth, the seventh day you set it aside, you rest. Um, mm-hmm. 
it's a human rhythm. And that's the important part. I think for a long time, it was, I agree that, you know, God prescribes the Sabbath. So just in that regard, it should be important enough to follow on its own. But at the same time, sometimes we forget it is still a human rhythm. A lot of people can attest that when you forget that, you'll learn pretty quickly. You'll start to feel it. Uh, people will ignore it, but you'll feel it. And it's it's easier in my head to understand that whenever whenever it's your own body's rhythm, then it's something you do that's helpful to yourself and glorifying to God at the same time. So in an ideal world, that sounds like two pretty convincing reasons. Yeah. And I think... Um I think whenever people ask, like, why do we Sabbath? I, th- I think a standard response is, um, you know, God rested on the seventh day, so it must be pretty good. Um, but they don't really see it as um, intrinsic to our nature mm-hmm. as as humans, that we were designed uh, for rest, um, that we're not designed to just be absolute machines going forward and always, always working and being productive. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on that in general. Hit me. So this is probably going to be dependent on personality types. It changes from person to person. But there's a lot of people, especially in the U.S., uh, especially among academia. There's a lot of college students probably listening to this podcast that the the pattern and the expectation is that you work all the time and you fill up free time with more activities and if you don't have something that's required of you at some specific hour of any given day, then you haven't used your time effectively enough. And I hate this mindset yeah. quite a lot. I've, I don't know if it's been your experience, but I've talked to people about um, this idea of taking Sabbath that um, what we're really looking at is 24 hours, ideally. And I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. in your life circumstances, it may need to be less. It may need to, you know, where you need to be, you know, 12 or 18 hours, but really mm-hmm. somewhere around there where you just, you don't do work. And I think it's some people take offense at this idea. Yes. Like you, do you have any idea what my life is like? You think I can just take a day off that you don't understand. I have work I need to do. And, um, and this idea of Sabbath, of Sabbath, of abstaining from work is very countercultural. Yeah. I mean, and to be fair, there are situations in which there is work that needs to be done. But at the same time, this is it's some part of a schedule that you've chosen for yourself or at least had to learn to live within. Um, and there's going to be plenty of examples of situations where there's, there's time that can be made or time that should be made. And you have to choose between which of those you pick. And, you know, sometimes for a lot of people... Sabbath is the one that gets pushed off just because of what they perceive to be the necessity of it. But I think there's a lot of examples of recognizing that sometimes the option that's more difficult or seems infeasible is the one that lets you get through things. There's been a lot of times just on a day-to-day basis that I learned in college that I'm more effective if I don't do something now and rest instead because I can come back to it as an effective person. And I think the Sabbath kind of takes that and applies it to a larger scale of life. I think it's instead of just saying, I'm tired tonight, I'll do the homework in the morning. To me, Sabbath is like saying, I'm tired from this week. I need to do this whenever I'm effective. And if you apply that long term, I think it it really helps you get into a stride over the course of months and even years. Absolutely. I think um, 
Yeah, I think you hit it. Like Sabbath is really critical to the health of human beings because it acknowledges that, I mean, we have to take a break at some point. I mm-hmm. mean, I mean, we can't, we can't work 10 days, 10 days a week. Um, no. I definitely can't. I, I know I can't. I mean, I mean, I know people who will minimize their sleep to like four hours a night. And uh, like, sometimes I get it. You have to, you have, you may have to do that at some point in your life, but um, it's definitely not a sustainable model um, for your own emotional and spiritual health. And I think that the Sabbath, this um, setting aside a day at the end of the week um, to rest and to be with God, I think it is, um, it is in itself an act of dependence on God. It's saying that you aren't in control of your own life. Um, like I think when God told, led the Israelites out into the desert and he provided manna for them, he didn't provide manna for them on the Sabbath. But the day before the Sabbath, he gave them enough manna to satisfy them for two days. And what the Sabbath does is it says, all right, today I'm not going to work. There are things that may need to be done, but I'm going to wait to do them. And it's gonna—it's kind of an acknowledgement and a prayer that like, it's of saying that the world is not going to fall apart because I'm not working seven days a week. Um, my life will go on and other people's lives will go on without me. And it's going to be okay. Yeah, I think it's a great example of recognizing your own humanity. Um, it's, it's that recognition that you're not an infinite being. You're not someone that you know, has existed and will continue to exist. You have to sleep every night at the, at the very least, if that isn't reminder enough. So I think it's just great to think about the fact that, you know, you recognize your limits and in doing so you allow yourself to put God in a position that he works around it. I mean, he still provides, especially for the Israelites, you know, on the day that you are able to work. And I think it's interesting that when he voluntarily provides food for this entire people, he does so in a way that specifically avoids the Sabbath. And logistically, that's not a small group. No. It might have been very easy to just continue the regular pattern of every day, I give you bread, I give you water. But he made sure that it wasn't the case specifically on the Sabbath, because in this case, just even the work of acquiring food was already you know, enough to not be the, the Sabbath. And because, I mean, as far as I can tell, that is their work when they're in exile. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a scary thing because you're stepping out into faith um, when you, whenever you take Sabbath. It's, um, it's a trust that God will provide for you. And yeah, it is crazy that wandering through the desert when the Israelites' like, artist jaw was just going out of their tent and picking bread up off the ground that God said, nope, that's Not too much. That. That's too much for the Sabbath. Uh, y'all need to take a break. Take it easy, <laughs> which is uh, kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. It's like, what's what's the break at this point? Yeah. And, I mean, we could be undermining severely how much they had to do in the desert, but it's just easy to imagine that it's something minimal. Yeah. Yeah. And I think... I think at this point it's helpful to talk about um, what exactly Sabbath looks like in practice because we've talked about it, I think, in a pretty, you know, abstract, ethereal sense. That like Sabbath is um, 
a day we, t- we abstain from work. Um, one, because, well, it's important to God that we do that. He commands it. It's a day that we kind of set aside um, to be with him. Uh, but also, it's it's critical for our well-being. We can't go. We can't go without uh, without taking a break. Just like we can't go without sleep every day. Um, it's really difficult to not go to not sleep. <laughs> um, but when it comes down to practice, that can be a little complicated. Like uh, you know, we mentioned like even just going outside and getting bread. God said that's probably too much for them on the Sabbath. I'm going to make sure that they don't have to do that. Um, but we see also in um, like the New Testament, Jesus tells the Pharisees that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And so, you know, in practice, what does it look like to set aside um, to set aside a day for God to rest and to not do your own work? Mm. That's where it gets difficult because then you start having to ask the question of, you know is every activity necessarily supposed to be what we think is like a a Christian or a God activity? Like does Sabbath mean that I have to read my Bible all day and watch sermons? I'd argue no. I hope not. I I really hope not because otherwise I might be doing it wrong. Yeah. If that's the case, I've I've never properly done a Sabbath, you know? Yeah. I think in my mind, Sabbath is a, a good time to set up activities that let you connect to yourself. And in doing so, you give yourself room to connect to God and to see what's going on. So in my mind, you know, I'm not a machine. And if I try to act like it for any extended period of time, then there's going to be another period of time that I need to specifically not be a machine and do the things that I want to do that aren't things that I have to do. And so for me, a lot of that looks like pursuing hobbies. Um, And then, you know, giving yourself free time to say, you know what, this time is quote unquote wasted if wasted means I'm not getting work done, but it's not a waste because it's what you need. And I think that's the freeing part. And that's what lets you decide what Sabbath can look like on a weekly basis. Yeah. I think you hit it right on the head. Sabbath um, at its core, I think is it's, it's freeing in that it allows you to be more yourself Um than if you didn't observe Sabbath, like you pursue hobbies, you do the things that you love for their own sake. Um, I think C.S. Lewis describes this in the Screw Tape Letters as like this idea of play. Playing is just having fun for the sake of having fun. And here's the craziest part: God wants you to do that. Wow, I know, baffling. Um, like there's a whole world that he created uh, for you to enjoy and thrive in. And now we're not advocating like a hedonistic lifestyle. <laughs> um, but what it, what it is, is it's, um, it's just the idea that you are created in the image of God and you're, you have a d- distinct personality that's different from everyone else on earth. And so doing things that make you feel alive, that make you feel yourself um, is in a way kind of like living into that, that image um, as your own very distinct reflection of of God's personality. God does God really cares about who you are and he wants to see you thrive in in all of your uniqueness as it were. <laughs> yes, very theological term, uniqueness. Yeah. Uh, but it's also I think important at this point to discuss that you know a sabbath that is healthy for you and lets you be yourself more fully is sometimes and for me a lot of the times one that includes other people. It's a really great time to force 
I say forced to make, to say that I, you know, insert it into my week, even if I didn't expect to have a time to do this, it's a great time for me to force community and to make sure like, Hey, I haven't really spent time with my roommates or some of my friends or in a relationship. And that's a time that I can say, you know what, if someone wants to do something, I'm free that day. That's the whole point. And I can just co- go through the day and every week it might look different, but I know I'll have some weeks where I'll feel like, wow, I got to do this thing that I haven't gotten to do in weeks and I'm great, glad that I had two hours to do it. And other times it might be cool. Some of my friends wanted to go out and do stuff, haven't seen them in a while, but I know that because this time was already pre-allotted to technically nothing, that I am completely invested in them for the entire time that I'm there. And I think that investment and that freedom to exist within that time frame is what really makes it life-giving. And that's what makes it, you know, something that I think is worth practicing even on its own. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think you touched on something really important is that there is a there's a communal nature to Sabbath. Um, Sabbath, just like a human, isn't made for life in isolation. I think there's a good, I mean, I think there's a good cause to like take a day and just be by yourself for a little while. I think every now and then that's, an important practice. A day-long hike, perhaps? A day-long hike, yeah. Go back, go be out in nature and enjoy God's creation. But I think there's something important in noting that um, God commanded an entire people to observe the Sabbath in, uh, in the Bible, that it's drawing us into community with each other. I th- Sabbath should never be something that, like, um, we use it as an excuse to not be with people like, oh, nope, Today's my Sabbath day. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be able to do stuff. The the idea is it's meant to draw you closer into community with others. That'd be a pretty funny response for someone to give. I, that's I never thought about that happening. Oh, that I feel like if I were to say that, I would have completely missed the point. Yeah. Unless it's like a specific, very particular uh, like situation. Like, oh no, I can't make it to your baby shower. I've got Sabbath that day. You know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, maybe that's a valid excuse, but probably not. I feel like that shouldn't be that funny to me. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, no, it's your niece's wedding. I got Sabbath that day, can't make it. <laughs> or, yeah, but the idea, I think, is like it's um, like Sabbath should probably should be something that you and several other people commit to. One, mm-hmm. to like hold each other accountable that like this is a very important thing. We should all be practicing this, but also this is a time that we get to spend together um, like as, as God's people. And it serves as a reminder. We've tried hitting on this, the entire sermon series is that we weren't made for isolation. We weren't made for working alone, for eating alone, for being alone. Um, God has created us and is actually drawing us into community with each other. Mm -hmm. And Sabbath spent uh, with other people should remind us of that, of that truth. Um, yeah. I think that's a good point. Cause I mean, I think there was, when I had first tried to start Sabbath, I think it was last year about the same semester because I had always had, you know, a weekend, but once college started, a lot of that weekend would end up getting consumed with random homework and wasted time that was actually wasted. Not just like, ah, I can relax, but it was, you know, pushing other things off and fitting things in where I hadn't made room for them. And, you know, suddenly I 
hear people discussing and insisting that you should really try a Sabbath for at least, you know, 12 hours. And then I thought, well, you know, typically say I hit Friday night, I'm already wasting the time anyway. Why don't I actually, you know, dedicate this time to behave in a certain way? And then I can be effective on the other times. And that was, that was the first time I had tried it. And I think a lot of it looked like sitting in my room, just like watching YouTube or watching movies or something. And that was great at the time for what it was because, you know, I had never really forced myself to have a scheduled break so much as made myself have breaks because I didn't want to do work. And that was a great start. But I think now that I've gotten to do it for a while, I realize that there's some more effective ways that you can fill that time, you know, not for the sake of being busy, but to make sure that you're doing things that are edifying. And so I think it's, it's good to just start at all, but the more you, the more you do it, I think it's with like most skills, you start to get into a habit of what you can do with that time in a way that makes it even better. Yeah. And I think you've, you've kind of hit on this is I, like there are like some roadblocks that prevent us from, from keeping Sabbath. And that could be that, um, you know, other people may not be able to do Sabbath with us. Could be that like we may not have like figured out what we want to do. Like I think there's, if you, to rest well, I think you have to work for it to rest well. Yeah. Um, it's a weird concept. Yeah. That like if you just say, all right, today's the day that I'm not going to do anything, then what well, you're going to do just that, nothing. Um, and that may be what you need, but I think it could be, uh, more life-giving than that if you like set aside time and plan out, um, what is this, what is this day off going to look like? Um, but like in your experience, what have been some of like the biggest roadblocks to Sabbath? I think real quick, I'm actually going to jump back to the point you made. You said sometimes it takes a little bit of work to rest well. I think it goes back to the Israelites. It wasn't just that they suddenly had Sabbath. They had to collect twice as much food the day before. Right, yeah. That's not, an, that's not unsubstantial. And I think that was one of the first roadblocks was, you know, learning that I can't just get up to the time and then go, okay, this is my free time now. It was significantly better if I could in advance say, okay, I know that this time is going to be free. Here's this movie I'd wanted to watch. Or like some of my friends were talking about maybe hanging out on the weekend and you can, you can make plans with them and try to direct people within that time frame So that way, you know, you've allotted time for yourself that you can actually use to do something with. And I think like you mentioned, sometimes doing literal nothing is exactly what is necessary. And last semester, I could very much understand that because I felt worn out. Mm -hmm. But I think this semester, literal nothing would make me feel useless. You don't want to go into Sabbath feeling like you're, you're just sitting there being a brick for no reason. I think the, the first challenge was learning how to try to schedule things so that you don't just go, okay, I've got four hours. What am I doing? If, yeah. if you can have something like now that I've had some practice with it, I can say like, okay, I've got some hours. There's a song I'm thinking about a lot and I'm trying to learn guitar. I'm going to work on that song for a while until I decide I'm bored of it or my hands hurt or I get like a good recording because I learned it. And then the other time I can say, okay, um, I'd want to watch this movie. Cool. Or if earlier in the week we had said, uh, I was talking to friends or things like that, you can say, hey, we wanted to go to this restaurant or we wanted to do this thing. 
and you could pre-schedule an activity so that you know you have a time frame to work within and you still have a schedule of sorts, but it's flexible. And that's where it's fun. I think that's what makes it useful. And that's what lets you use your time without like abusing the time. Yeah, it's uh, a highly, highly constructed, spontaneous event in a lot of ways. Like, I like that description. Yeah, like it's uh, like you've heard the terms like a top-down grassroots movement kind of like a, you've put in a lot of work getting this crafted so that you can actually like have fun, be, free, yeah. be loose, be free, and enjoy yourself. You put work into the structure and you let it fill itself in as it needs to. And yeah, I actually ran into the same problem whenever I tried doing Sabbath for the first time. I'd come to, I'd come to, to Saturday cause just because that's the day of the week that I like to take off and Sabbathize, as it were. <laughs> and I kind of like wiped my hands of everything and said, all right, no more work today. I'm going to do the Sabbath. And as soon as I said that, I thought to myself, well, what am I going to do? And I didn't have anything planned. I ended up watching more Netflix and Adam Sandler movies than I really cared to admit, um, which, you know, was fun. But I also kind of ended the day feeling just hollow, not really rested. I felt unfulfilled. And I realized that for me, doing the Sabbath means going out and um, like being physical. I like we're, we're soul body composites. We're not just all soul. So, you know, doing nothing with our bodies is, uh, may not be the best Sabbath. I think it's important to like get our bodies involved. And so I love to go to the slick and I love to love to rock climb. That's my hobby. It gives me life. And so I kind of try and fit that into every, every Sabbath now. And I usually try to invite some friends over for dinner and I try to plan something where I'm, I over, either go over to their apartment or they come over to mine and we watch a movie or we hang out or we just, we just do something together. I, because I mean, during the work week, it's hard to find time to be with friends. We've touched on that yeah. before and setting aside the time where we can like all be together and come together is really refreshing. And it's, it's uh, been a tremendous help to me in my own walk with Sabbath. Yeah. And I think what you mentioned, like just coming to it and feeling, feeling empty and like you didn't really get anything out of it. The biggest hurdle in my mind to Sabbath is recognizing that you have to do things that are directed in order to, for you to feel like it's life-giving because you can definitely come in and spend all that time. And the moment at the very beginning, let's say you get to Sabbath and you go, okay, this is my Sabbath period. This is what I said I was going to do to rest. And you don't have any plans. Well, then what is your mind going to go back to? What do you, what do you need to do? What, what should you be working on? What am I not doing in order to do this waste of time activity? And so then the whole day, you're just thinking, wow, I allotted all this time, have nothing to do it with. I could have gotten my work done for the weekend and then relax later, which, you know, spoiler, you're not going to relax later. And you'll sit there just thinking about everything you should have been doing. And then now you feel like you've wasted your time. Now you feel like you haven't done anything. Now you've guilted yourself out of something that should have been enjoyable. If you come into it with activities, then you can get to the end of the day and say, wow, look at all these things that I did. And I'm really glad I made time for them. And the point like it's, it's important to mention, like you said, that they're activities, which means if you're not all that mobile and you're kind of sedentary, make sure you do something active. I think it's a good recommendation all around for health reasons. But, you know, try to have something that you can consistently say, like, I did this and I feel like I've exerted something mentally or physically. And for I think most of us, mental is not the route to go on a Sabbath 
at least not too much. You can do stuff that's just like a uh, little brain challenges and whatnot. But if you're doing like intense work or if you're studying, that's not really the idea. It's not, it's not like fit academic things into the Sabbath. It's not fit like actual work into the Sabbath. It's, you know, this is this time that I spent to do what I think is fun. And if you think it's, you know, legitimately something that you go, wow, I'm glad I made time for this. That's the kind of thing you want to be able to put into a Sabbath. That's why I said I like to play guitar because I know during the week I'll go, dang, I'm not touching my guitar. I wish I had touched my guitar. And then guess what I can do on a Sabbath? Play it. And then by the end of the time that I've spent, I go, wow, I feel like I did a lot and got a lot of practice in. And then to an extent, like I feel kind of tired because it takes physical work to play instruments or to go rock climbing. I need to do that sometime. Yeah. Um, and I, I think the moment that you can have activities planned, especially with other people, that's when you get, you know, uh, something that is really enjoyable that makes you not think about the work that you quote unquote should be doing and lets you think, you know, I've done this with my time and I'm glad I did it. Yeah. I think, uh, I'm going to, I hope I don't mess up this guy's name because if I do, I'm going to feel terrible. But, um, and also because I didn't actually read him, I read a guy who quoted him. Um, but there was, but Abraham, there's a quote from Abraham Heschel, who was a rabbi during the civil rights movement, who said that a man who works with his mind should Sabbath with his hands. A man who works with his hands should Sabbath with his mind. Basically giving yourself a rest from what you're working on throughout the entire week. And I think for most of us as college students, our work is mostly mental. We spend a mm -hmm. lot of, there's a lot of mental energy that goes into studying in college. And I think taking a break to just get out, turn your mind off, and um, and go do go do something with your hands. Maybe it's something creative where you love making sourdough, hypothetically, and you're going to make <laughs> sourdough bread that day. That's a good thing to do. You should do something with your hands. It's just kind of this idea of doing something, but also giving yourself a rest from what you've done throughout the week. Mm -hmm. I think when Jesus told the Pharisees that Sabbath was made for man, not man for Sabbath— there's a lot of grace in taking the Sabbath. It's meant to suit you and your needs in whatever stage mm -hmm. of life you're in. Uh, we mentioned at this beginning, it's not meant to be legalistic, meant to be very freeing activity um, where you can take a break and do what, what gives you rest in life. Yeah, and I think this is also where sometimes it can be difficult. Uh, we, we've been mentioning a lot, you know, Sabbath for you and how you should practice Sabbath. And it is tailored to the person, but I think we mentioned a while back, you know, not everyone's going to be practicing Sabbath or doing it at the same time. I think some of the other challenges that I've seen isn't just how do I use my Sabbath, but how do I account for the fact that other people aren't doing the same or at least not at the same time? Because, I mean, I've had situations where like, that's my Sabbath, but guess what? My roommate needs physics help. And guess what? I don't want to think about right now, physics. And you, you have to kind of reach a point sometimes where you say, you know, what's what's my limit? on doing something like, is it just to be selfish? Is it to be like rude or is it because you actually just mentally need it that way? And there have been situations where it's like, okay, technically this is work to me. I'm not, I don't want to do it, but like realistically it's okay. You're not, you know, breaking your own rules. Yeah. You're making space for, for other, yeah, you're making space for people because you know, it's, I think still something very Christian in nature to, you know, make room for other people and to do what you can situationally to, to help them out. Yeah. I mean, Jesus told the Pharisees, which is what's better on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil. Um, 
And so I think, yeah. And I think there's, it's also, we come back to that communal nature and that there's this good idea to do Sabbath with a community where you can talk to friends and talk to people and say, all right, this is the time we're going to set aside to do this. Um, and there may be people who do Sabbath at a different day and, or maybe not do it at all. And you may just have to have an honest conversation with them and say, today, look, I need to rest. Like maybe it's your employer and you work in a restaurant business and they're asking you to come in on a day where you need to rest. And you say, look, I need a break. I'm not going to be able to do my job effectively if I don't. And mm-hmm. I think that's, it's all about introducing boundaries in your life. And I think that's healthy and I'm glad you touched on it. Um, yeah. You have to define for yourself what those boundaries are. And I would hopefully think that they're not, you know, pushing something off and they're not, um, you know, allowing yourself to do actual work just because of some situation. But there's, there, I think there's some space, I don't want to call it a gray area, but there's like a, a, a median zone that is acceptable to step within, you know, as, as you defined it, because uh, ultimately you're the one that's defining what you will and won't do on the Sabbath and what isn't, isn't work for you. Yeah. Because I mean, Jesus was perfectly fine with healing someone on the Sabbath, and I can't imagine that that would have been you know, completely nothing. I yeah. mean, if if the if the Pharisees were trying to fault him for doing healing on the Sabbath, then clearly some people define that as work. And in the same way, you know, there might be things that you are okay with doing that you think are good in life giving that other people would see as work. And similarly, there's things that you know might be kind of workish, but that other people would rely on you to do that are okay to touch on here and there as long as it's, you know, not past boundaries that you set for yourself. Yeah. And there's, if you haven't gotten it yet, there is a lot of grace in the Sabbath. Uh, but before we wrap up today, I wanted to ask Carson, are do you have any closing thoughts on the Sabbath? I think the Sabbath is great. I didn't realize how much I needed to do it until I started doing it consistently. And then even worse, I, I dare say, I didn't realize how much I relied on it afterward until it got taken back away. So like I mentioned, this this time last last year was around the first time I had ever tried to actually practice Sabbath, and it was awesome. When I finally got into it, I was like, oh, yeah, I get to have Sabbath today. Every week I was like, yo, can't wait for Saturday. It's going to be my Sabbath time. I'm going to chill. It's going to be great. And every week I would just, not to say that I was like pompous about it, but I was very excited and like, yeah, I get to Sabbath. Yeah, I, I, I relax. What about you? <laughs> Definitely don't do that. But <laughs> it was really cool to have. And then last semester, I got really busy, an unfortunate stack of classes. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't practical with my level of self-discipline to allot myself a time for it. And it was terrible. I was dying and could it have been better if I had just said, okay, these times I'm going to work consistently and then I'm going to make sure I have a Sabbath time? Yes. Should I do that? Yes. Did I want to do that? Yes. Was I effective at enacting it? No. And I felt it. I felt it from the first month and the entire semester and it was abysmal. And I got to the break and I just felt exhausted the entire time. I had internships and stuff to apply for and I was like, no, I need a three-week Sabbath. I'm, yeah. I'm dying. <laughs> but it... <laughs> I think for most people, it would be a complete waste of time to have like that much downtime on a break. But because I hadn't done it before, my body was just like, you, you're not doing this anymore if you don't have to. Like, I, I'm not going to let you work or focus. And I just couldn't function for weeks because of it. 
And then I, I finally got to a point where I felt recovered enough. And then now coming into this semester, my workload changed a lot and I was able to re-implement Sabbath and it's the greatest thing because every single weekend I can go look at all this time. Look what I'm, it's so fun. I get to do these things. I love movies. I get to watch movies. I like instruments. I get to play instruments. I like people. Most of the time I get to be with people, you know, stuff like that. And I think it's one of those things that if you haven't practiced it before, really getting into it and getting invested, you learn that it's something that you need or have wanted for a long time and can really help you feel like a healthy person, which is, you know, not just good for you. Other people, they might not notice like, Oh, Hey, have you been Sabbathing recently? I can see it all over your face. Like what? (laughs) No, but they'll definitely, you know, experience, I think a, a better version of you that is, that is more healthy and less, less strained. Yeah. I think a lot of times you don't, you don't know you need a break until you take one. Um, and that's, I think that's the hardest Sabbath is just realizing that you're, you're a finite human being and you need to take a break. God created you to rest and to just enjoy the good creation he made. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that wraps up our show today. Carson, thank you for taking time to join us. This thank has been, you for listening to my voice. This has been a very fruitful conversation. I'm glad we got to have it. Um, for the rest of y'all out there, peace out and via con Dios. Uh, like, rate, subscribe and share us with a friend. Siobhan, please don't put that at the end of the podcast. Oh, no.